We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, as you all know, this should be on your, uh, on your table. Go ahead and fill it out. Put your attendance at the bottom. Prayer requests up the top. And uh, we'll talk about those things at the... Uh, we'll do our prayer requests and so forth at the end of the class. And uh, my name is David Barber. And Jim, very graciously, from time to time, lets me, lets me teach. Use that seminary degree that I worked so many years for. <laughs> Um, and we're going to talk about Galatians. Now, um, the last, one of the last times I taught, I actually taught Galatians. So that, um, we, we did a little, little prep work on it, and I just want to kind of review that, because frankly, as I look at what we've been kind of leading up to this particular section of Scripture, the content of it, almost everything we're going to talk about today has been referenced or talked about in, other, in previous classes. So in light of that... <clears throat> I, I don't know about you, but I've been really, really enjoying uh, a deep dive, uh, you know, spending a lot of time talking about one particular book of the Bible and really getting into it and, and digging deep. Um, unfortunately, that's, that, that wasn't really what God had planned for me this week uh, as, uh, as I'm prepping for this, because I think um, I want to take a, just a couple of steps back from what we've been doing and kind of look at the landscape just a little bit and talk about it, uh, the, the entire context of, of, of the main theme that keeps running through the book of Galatians. And it's actually setting up some of the stuff that Jim's going to talk about next week. Okay, so let's go to the next slide. I've got my slide turner here, so she's, gonna, she's doing a great job. Um, where does Galatians fit within the whole of the Bible? Okay, so we've got... Uh, it, it, where does it fit in the whole of the Bible? Of course, it's in the New Testament, so let's start... Looking at just the New Testament, we got the Gospels, which are the, is the story of Jesus, the, the book of Acts, which is the establishment of the church or church history, Romans, which sets up the doctrine of the New Testament, and it's a do, it, Romans essentially is a doctrinal treatise. All primary doctrines within the, the New Testament are established there primarily. Okay, some of the, that's a little overgeneralized, but yes, it, it does. Um, then you have letters to people. These are pastors, friends, books like Titus, Timothy. Things like that. Those are the, the pastoral epistles and so forth. Things that are going to specific individuals and so forth. Then you have the letters to the churches that address particular doctrines. And then you have the general letters. Um, end times and some other things written by others and so forth. But these epistles right here. Go ahead and click the next thing. So, uh, red line's off a little bit. But um, this is where we're talking about. So, we're talking about the book of Galatians. It's to a, a, a church. It's the church in um, Galatia, and uh, it's addressing particular, a particular doctrine, and in this case, it's the doctrine of the gospel plus something. We've talked about that already, and it's particularly going to a group called the Judaizers. Go to the next slide. Okay, so particularly, this is to Jews, um, partially, part, you know, it's partially Jews, partially Gentiles, so it's kind of a mix, but it's really the Jews and their response to the gospel going to the Gentiles and so forth. Okay, Paul visits the, uh, the, the this church and his first and third missionary journeys, so it's people that he knows fairly well. Okay, Paul's addressing the Judaizers in the Book of Galatians. You know, we've talked about this. There was gospel plus the Old Testament law, but we're going to talk about that more specifically today. Uh, particularly, they were saying that the Gentiles need to be circumcised. Um, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but if you're working on a church attendance. Uh, drive, telling them that they've got to go get circumcised in order to join the church, 
these are these are some. This is a tough sell in my book. All right, but but frankly, that that's essentially what they were saying. They're saying, but but it was really more about setting themselves above above them and so forth. But it was the false doctrine and so forth that we were talking about. Essentially, was gospel plus the law, and today we're going to talk about gospel plus what. That's that's where it kind of hits us home where we are today, and we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Hmm. There we go. All right. The law is a curse. So let's look at the let's look at the scripture verse. Okay. And go ahead and pull uh, if you want. Uh, want to turn to Galatians three chapter uh, chapter three verse ten. Okay. I want to just read this section here and, and, and talk about it for just a minute. It says, For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So right off the bat, Paul is essentially agreeing with them. It, 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 you know, he's, he's saying, yes, the law is still in place. The law has a place, and we'll talk a lot more about that tomorrow, uh, next week. And so I'm not going to touch on that a whole lot. But essentially, he's, uh, Paul's not going directly against them and saying, no, the laws, yeah, it doesn't mean nothing. He says, yes, it does, but what, does, what is the law actually doing? Well, it's bringing about a curse because there's no way that we in and of ourselves can fulfill the entirety of the law. There's too many, too many parts of it, okay? All right, but but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And he quotes there. We'll talk about the quotes in just a second. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live uh, live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So go to the next slide. Take a look here. The, there's four sections of the Old Testament that Paul quotes here. And any, any study Bible that you have will reference each one of these and so forth. So I didn't want to necessarily dig into the, uh, the particulars of where each one of these uh, scripture verses comes from. But here's, here's what Paul's doing. Paul is, is talking to a group of Jews, all right? He's talking to them about the law, something that they're really familiar with. And in fact, they're so familiar with it, he quotes four sections of the law that they already know. And, and, and that's kind of the point here, is that he's talking to a group of people about the law of, for which they already are really well versed in, and they think that they've got it all together. That they're the Jews, they're the chosen people, we have the law, we're following the law, they think that they can fulfill it. And the fact of the matter is that they can't. So they're already doing all this work, day in, day out, trying to fulfill the law, and they think that they've got it all together. And Paul's coming in saying, no, 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 you don't. You're misunderstanding what the law is about. The law is actually a curse. It's showing you your sinfulness. It's... Because you can't fulfill these things, it's showing you that you can't, you can't get to heaven on your own. You can't please God in and of yourself. It's impossible. So what they are seeing as 
their kind of birthright and they're, you know, they're puffed up. Hey, I'm a Jew. I'm, I'm, I'm all set, you know, I'm fulfilling the law and that type of thing. But actually, it's something that should be showing them that their sinfulness and they're missing it. They're, they're completely missing that. Um, so go to the next slide. Okay, so what place does the law have? Well, frankly, it's the condemnation of all mankind. And, 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 that's, and that's, you know, that, that's something really stark and different from what they saw of the law. They saw it as some, something that they, they had. God gave it to them. We're special. We're the chosen people. We're, you know, and, and I'm telling you, we do that a lot today. Because we say we're the Christians, you know, we got the we got our doctrine right. We we're all set. Ours is exactly right. And you can't. And but at the same time, we have all these fractured denominations. And we'll talk about that at the end. But you got all these different. And, and everybody thinks that they got their own bent on it. And you know what? All of them think that they're right, including us. Okay. <laughs> So, so just because you have something that you hold dear and, 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 and it's yours and, and you're using the King James Bible or you're, you're, you're doing this or that or you do, you know, you're part of this denomination, that doesn't get you to heaven. That doesn't make you right with God. That doesn't make you righteous. Okay, It's only through the work of Christ on the cross which is what Paul takes them back to. And so you've got the most hard-nosed people on the planet, okay? God's chosen people, the Israelites, the Jews, okay? And they look at the law as if it's their thing, and they, they miss what God does through Christ on the cross, okay? So let's go to the next slide. All right, so in, in this section here... Um, in the, I'm sorry, in the next section, okay, in verse 14, it starts off saying that, that the blessing of uh, Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? This is what Jim was talking about last week. Remember the illustration? And she's not here today. Our, our, our Jesus person was in the middle, and then we had to the left... The Old Testament people looking forward to Christ, and the New Testament people they were looking backward to Christ. Okay, so faith in what? Faith in the Old Testament was looking forward to the coming, uh, to the fulfillment of the law, and the coming of the Messiah. Now, in the Old Testament, some people got it; they understood that Abraham was one of them. He's a good, you know. And we, how do we know that? In in the Hebrews chapter eleven, it tells it, you know. Abraham's part of the hall of faith, those Old Testament believers that understood it. Okay? Many people didn't. Many people referenced in the Old Testament, they didn't get it. They, didn't, they, 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 they knew that the Messiah was coming, but they were looking at it as the Messiah was going to come in the way that they thought he should come. So the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were looking for a military person to come in and just smack down the Romans and you know, do away with all the oppression that they were under and set them back up as you know, God's chosen people. That's what they were looking for. Why, why do you, that's why 
in the New Testament, the New Testament Jews, the, uh, right around the period of Christ, that's one of the primary reasons they completely missed the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, that was the fulfillment. Why? Because it didn't meet their expectations for the Messiah. So, what happens to us now when God doesn't meet our expectations of what we think God should look like in our lives? What happens when you face a trial, say it's cancer, some other illness, financial problems, when you face those things and our Christian culture tells us that everything, everything has to be right because why? You're God's chosen people. You're the ones that are Christians. You're the ones that are believers. And when, when it doesn't meet our expectations, does that impact your view of God? So, this, in, 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 because these are God's chosen people, God tells us that that's who it, who it is, right? And God has obviously chosen the Jewish nation, has a special relationship with them, and they missed it. How haughty am I to think that I might miss it. I'm, I'm not going to miss it. Right? So I'm, my, my view of God is that I should, um, I should be well off and I should be healthy and I'm going to live a long and prosperous life, uh, life, life on this planet and so forth. Does that happen all the time for all believers? No. no. Not at all. You know, because, because God is a lot more interested in our character than our comfort. And so he puts us through a lot of trials in order to build those things in our lives, same way he did with the Jewish nation. Okay? So the Old Testament, some got it, some didn't. And their faith was looking forward. And same thing in the New Testament and for us right now. Some get it, some don't. Okay? And... The, but the faith has to, both directions, it's looking at the Sunday school answer, which is Jesus. Jesus is the Sunday school answer. Why? Because Jesus is the focus. For, so the entirety, the, how, did, how did someone in the New Testament, how did someone in the, New, uh, in the Old Testament, how did someone in the Old Testament go to heaven? Their faith that God would provide a Messiah to fulfill the law. How did... That that that's it's always been that way. They just they may not know known his name, but it was Jesus. Okay, how 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 about New Testament? <coughs> we are looking back at Jesus again. It's all about Jesus, and it always will be. Okay, let's go to the next slide. The changeless promise. Let's. As, as I read the first section there. Let's read the the second section. It says, "Brethren, I speak in the manner of men." Uh, though it is only uh, man's covenant, yet uh, if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say to, to seeds, plural, as of many, but as of one, and, uh, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I lay that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before uh, before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. 
For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. So what he's talking about here is a covenant. All right? So let's talk about covenants for just a second. Go to the next slide. No, one more. One more. Okay. There are a bunch of covenants in the Old Testament. There's a Noahic um, covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and the Davidic covenant. Those are just four quick examples of some of the most prominent ones. Um, and they're really, really important. And, and a covenant is basically this. It's an agreement between two parties. So the Noahic covenant is that God said, I will never destroy the earth again. Okay? By water, exactly. All right? So he's never going to, and, and, and he gives a sign of that, right? Uh, the rainbow is a sign of that. So it's an agreement between two parties that something's going ha- uh, something's, something's to happen. Now, there's two types of covenants. There's a conditional covenant and an unconditional covenant. Okay? Now, the, uh, back up one, one slide. One more. Okay. This, everything in green here, Okay, is all talking about a covenant. Okay, the Abrahamic covenant. So this entire section of of six verses is all about the Abrahamic covenant. Why? And this is something that every single person that was of Jewish descent at the time in Galatia, Paul's talking to, they would not only know it; they knew it cold. They knew, they, they knew it well. Why? Because it was, it was a primary part of their uh, culture. It was ingrained. It was in all, all the ceremonies and so, and, and so forth that, that took place on a regular basis. And all. It was all part of it. So they knew this whole thing really well. But Paul is kind of flipping it a little bit and talking about the fact that, that it is an unconditional covenant. All right? So an unconditional covenant, what does that mean? It, it means it doesn't matter whether I fulfill, uh, I don't have a part of it to fulfill on my side. A uh, conditional covenant would say that if you do this, then I will do that. Okay? There's two sides of it. That's a conditional covenant. The Abrahamic covenant is unconditional. So what does that mean? It means if, well, nothing, then I'm going to do this. There's nothing that I have to do. There's nothing over here I can do. Why? Because it's one part of the deal. It's unconditional. It's going to happen. Whether I do it or I don't do it, it's still going to happen. It's still going to be there. Right? Does that sound familiar? What's an unconditional covenant that we have with Christ? It's our salvation. We cannot do So, of course, it's not a work salvation. That's not part of the deal. There's no part of over here for us to fulfill. We just have to believe in it, and then it's accounted to us as righteousness, the same way Abraham did, right? You know, Abraham believed God. I mean, not even a particular part, but he said Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, correct? All right? So, therefore... There's nothing over here to do. And so that's Paul's point. He's saying the same thing, it's the same way the Abrahamic covenant had no other part, nothing conditional. 
Okay? That's the, same, that's the way the new covenant operates. That's the way, the, 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 the way it's always worked. It, there's no works involved at all. And throughout human history, all mankind has been trying to do is add to that. We were trying to add something to the gospel. We're trying to, we feel like that we, we need to do something to get into heaven. Why? Because that's the way the rest of our life is here on earth. Except for family when that is unconditional love. And even in family sometimes it gets messed up. Because we, in, inside of a family, we need to have unconditional love with, without, without end. So, so totally, this is something that they're going to completely understand. And it's kind of undertoned and so forth. Why? Because it was completely part of their culture. Now, let me give you an example of something like that. Okay, um, How many here... Are, know what I mean when I say, are you a Whovian? Anyone? All right. Got one, two, three. All right. So if I say that all season long, nothing, I, 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 I ran into, uh, there's this running theme inside of Doctor Who. It's the longest playing sci-fi series on television. It started in 1963. This is their 50th year anniversary, okay? So if, for all season long, I thought that Clara was, was going to end up having been a TARDIS. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that, right? I thought that's what she was. Turns out that she wasn't. I was wrong. But how many, uh, anyone who doesn't watch Doctor Who, do you understand what I'm talking about? You don't have a clue, do you? Right? You know, you, you know what a TARDIS is. You know what a TARDIS is. You know what a TARDIS is. I know Kristen does. She can even, what does the TARDIS stand for? Yeah, exactly. So, I know what, uh, we know what we're talking about, right? But you don't. Same thing happened here when, 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 Paul, uh, when Paul starts talking about the Abrahamic covenant. All right? They got it. The, the, this, is, this is why context is really important to, uh, to the study of Scripture, right? It's because his audience totally understood and knew what this meant. Completely. Okay? He's so... When we need, we need to catch up with that a little bit, and we need to understand that he's talking about a covenant. It was unconditional, one-sided, nothing they had to do, and that helps drive this point home. Let's go to the next slide. In the same way, Gentiles don't understand that at all. No. At that time. Because our entire culture is based around, I pay this, I get that. That's America. That's capitalism. I mean, that's everything else in our life is, is not that way. So what happens in a family if you're demonstrating unconditional love? It looks a little strange, doesn't it? If someone wrongs you and, 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 and you love them anyways? That AT&T commercial. You know, it doesn't make sense to people, Right? And so for, for Christ to offer us unconditional love and something, something we don't have to do anything for, it's completely outside of our, our culture. And especially, this is so sad, especially our Christian culture. Okay? It totally is that way. So go to the next one. And the next one. So 
What have we as a society, what have we added, added to the gospel? Okay? And, and let, me, let, me, let me preface this by saying I'm not slamming any denomination here. I don't want to, because within every denomination, you got your fruits and nuts division. Okay? Every single one of them. So, and uh, in, in, in that includes this denomination. Uh, but if you add to the gospel the keeping of the sacraments, okay, in a certain sense, this is what you, you end up with, Catholicism. And that's essentially what that is. And so we've, you know, we have this whole branch of Christianity in the general term, right, that, that feels that they have to fulfill these sacramental uh, duties, and by doing that, then they're right with God, and therefore they earn their position with God, and that's a form of works salvation. If you add success and wealth, and you say, if I am not successful, and if I'm not making lots of money, and if, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, uh, if, if I have cancer or I have something, I need to have enough faith to have that, 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 that healed, and then I'm right with God. And that's a form of works salvation. Is that you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to be rolling in the dough. Look at look at look at the New Testament. Uh, look at the apostles. <laughs> they certainly, they were apostles. They were right with God, and they were dirt poor, and they were beaten to death regularly. Or beaten not to death, but uh, sometimes. But but they were beaten regularly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, they were boiled in oil. They were skinned alive. They were hung upside. They were crucified upside down. You, you see, you see what I'm saying? To, but to, so to say that that the, you have to be wealthy and have health, you know, uh, in order to be right with God, it's just not. It's just wrong. That's it's another form of work salvation. Some some churches say you have to have baptism. In fact, there are Baptist churches that are the same way. And so, in fact, I my wife and I we have a friend of ours who. Uh, became engaged to a young man uh, of a Baptist denomination, and uh, she was Southern Baptist. And when she jo- in order for them to be married, she had to join his church. And when he joined, she joined his church. Her baptism wasn't right, wasn't good enough for them. She had to be baptized in their church by one of their pastors in order to become a member. Okay, uh, some uh, gifts of the Spirit. If you, ha- if you say you have to speak in tongues or you have to interpret or you have to, do the, uh, you have to uh, be able to heal or whatever like that, and you have to have these gifts of the Spirit, sometimes you can end up with, with certain t- parts of the, the church of God. There's even, there's even um, uh, spirit-filled uh, Catholic churches and Episcopal churches and things like that that, 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 that run the same. So it's not just, uh, so please, I'm not looking to, to reference specifically that everybody's that way in these denominations because there are people of faith in the Church of Christ, in the Catholic Church, in the Episcopal Church. I've met them, okay? And, and they have, their, their, their faith is in Christ, okay? Sometimes other, other parts of their denomination add these things, okay? What about rules? That's where I, that's where I came up. Uh, going, to, going to Tennessee Temple, you know, if you, didn't, if you didn't follow these rules, you were not right with God. Or certainly we're right with the administration, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, 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 but, but, but you. There are certain areas of independent fundamental Baptists that if you weren't saved out of a King James Bible, you are not saved. 
I don't know what everybody did before 1611, but it wasn't that. <laughs> so, so you see what I'm saying? Is, is you, these things get added to the gospel, and, and, and sometimes we don't really even see or understand it. We don't see, you know, it's one of the things I love about, uh, about Stuart Heights Baptist Church. We have five things that are the core beliefs, uh, uh, and it's, you know, the you know, atonement of Christ, uh, the uh, bodily resurrection, the, uh, the blood atonement, the, those are the core things, and if you've got those things, that's where your faith is, and your faith is in Christ, it's not in other things, okay? Because everything else like that is just an opinion about the way we ought to do things. And most Baptist church splits do not happen over doctrine at all. They happen over the color of the carpet and, and, who, and, and who, who donated and uh, where the organ was. Those are the things that it's about. Where it's the pew backs were yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and let me tell you, no one can split a church faster than a Southern Baptist group. You know, it's just, they, they're just good at it. And it's really, really sad. But if we keep our focus on the real part of the gospel, the real part of, uh, of, of where our faith needs to be, and that's in Christ, that keeps us all from getting off on these tangents, right? So, um, so here's, here's my, uh, go to the next slide. So here's, here's how, here, what does this mean? Here, let's apply the law demonstrates we're unable to qualify. Unable to qualify and take ourselves to... Uh, we're not able to qualify for righteousness. We're not able to take ourselves to heaven. Okay, So I, I cannot be right with God on my own. That's how we personalize that. Okay, God's act of redemption is offered without conditions. There are... There, there's no other part of it. There's nothing that we have to do. We have, it's, it all depends on where our faith is. And it says... I, uh, and so the personalizing it, I cannot add anything to his gospel. It's not my gospel, it's his gospel. And the good news of Jesus Christ is the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Why? Because he fulfilled the law, and that's both for the Jew as well as for the Greek, or for us, for the Gentiles. Okay? Everything points to Jesus alone. All of it. Not some of it. Not part of it, all of it. All of it always points back to this. Right? So here's my question to you. And I'm going to leave it with you because it's, it's way too personal a, a conversation to have in this kind of context. What have you added to the gospel? When you think about your relationship to God, and when you think about, you know, am I right with God or am I not right with God? My question to you is, what have you added? For me, at times in my life, it's been, I need to have a certain measure of success. Or I need to have a certain position. Things like that. And, and, and it, I think it can, can be a little, little heavy to think that I've, I've, you know, we're adding, personally adding something to the gospel. I think it demonstrates itself. And sometimes when we look at our relationship with God and there's a filter in between me and what it really is, and it's only and always and completely and utterly all about Christ. Okay? So, 
that's part of your homework. The other part of your homework is to read, read up for next, uh, um, uh, for next week. We're going to talk about the law a little bit more. And prayer requests at your tables. Thank you.